production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys This is Talk Cowboys. Live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Here's a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Rick Harrison, Bob Phillips, and Kyle Live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the 48 days away from the start of the NFL season, and it's a Cowboys training camp edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Geico here from Oxnard, California. It's the first show we've done from out here at Cowboys training camp presented by American Airlines. Rob Phillips and, well, we were supposed to get the bank, the the. <laughs> the band of brothers, the, the gang back together, uh, that has not happened as Mickey Spagnola will join us at some point throughout the course of this, this podcast. But I'm Kyle Yeomans. It'll be me and Rob Phillips for a, a quick moment here. But this is one way that camp gets underway for Talking Cowboys. You sent us a rundown for the show. And I you did. mentioned how many camps he's been to, like 35? Yeah, 35 camps. Yeah, we figure out the Dallas-California time difference, you know? Let's just... <laughs> Let's get that settled here. The first week of camp, Mick. He'll Mick, be here. He'll be here. I'm sure he will. He may have a he may have a scoop or something. You know. Yeah. He may come back with a big scoop. Yeah. We can't make fun of him too much because then maybe that's what he's doing. Maybe he's out there. He's he's talking with players. He's going to bring it back to us, and we're going to have plenty of information to relay back to the Cowboys fans back home. <laughs> uh, or he was just on a sunrise bike ride. Who knows? Uh, either way, throughout California. But Rob, what what training camp is this for you? Uh, Fifteen. And all of them in Oxnard, or I guess not necessarily? A handful in San Antonio, okay, including my first one in 03, which happened to be Bill Parcell's first camp as Cowboys head coach. But the majority out here, yeah. and it is so nice to be. It is cold out here today. It is. Yes. It's a little chilly. We're both wearing sleeves at the moment. And, and of course, this being 9 a.m. Pacific Coast time compared to the 11 a.m. for the majority of our audience back in Texas. And hey, <laughs> look who made the trip. Now I got Mickey Spagnola. Up. Yeah, we're going to have to get back over here and kind of scoot in and get him here. This is professional radio. This is fantastic. 35 years of camp experience, everybody. And this is Mickey Spagnola back on Talking Cowboys. Were you just that excited to get back on this podcast? Oh, we're matching, or? Will. All right. I almost wear that shirt today, too. Actually. I was thinking that I needed to be back here by 9 o'clock. Mm. And mm. I got back at 8.40. And I go, okay, I got 20 <laughs> minutes. To, went to breakfast. Oh. I forgot. Good thing you texted me. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were asleep. You didn't answer me. We've been riding for an hour and a half. Uh, it was go? a sunrise bike ride. What was your route? Where'd you go? We went down Vineyard to the Oxnard Airport, took a right, and went to the beach. Nice. Cool. I showed Alex the the way, and now I'm out of breath, too. Ready to talk Cowboys? I am. All right. Absolutely. Now, I will ask this question. I was about to ask it to Rob a moment ago, but throughout all of your training camps that you've been a part of. I've never been mentioned... late for talking Cowboys. Well, <laughs> that's, a, that's a lie. There's one. <laughs> God. Um. I was going to ask, has there ever been a training camp that you've been around that has been so excitable? Has there been so much excitement and so much anticipation around the training camp, much like this one? Maybe not necessarily because of the expectations. Sure, there are some expectations that are there, but mostly just getting back to normal and getting back to Oxnard, Mickey. 
Maybe in, and I got to remember where we were, 2007 when uh, T.O. showed up, or he was here, mm-hmm. uh, and Tony Romo was going to be the starting quarterback. So I can kind of kind of remember that. Now, 89, there was a lot of excitement when Jimmy Johnson became the head coach. Troy Aikman was the first pick in the draft. Um, so, yeah, there was uh, some serious excitement then. Um, and then they went out and in four preseason games. They went three and one and won the last one at home uh, in the last seconds over uh, Houston. And Jimmy and Jerry running off the field with their arms in the air, and then things went downhill quickly because <laughs> they went to New Orleans for the opener and got the snot knocked out of them, 28 to nothing. Mm. And then reality set in that, hmm, maybe we're a ways away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they didn't even gain 200 yards, uh, got shut out. And, and back in the day, the Cowboys, sco- the one thing Tom Landry teams did is they scored points, right? And it was like their first shutout in 20 years or t- first time they were shut out in 20-some years. Um, so, yeah. But I remember that training camp. It, it was pretty exciting. And actually, it was my first one to be at training camp the entire time. Pro- before that, it was a week at a time. Uh, for I was a backup guy, and so when they gave the – a beat writer uh, time off because back then training camp was like five, six weeks. So they let them either go home or bring somebody out. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I would go for a week. I was the relief man. But, yeah, that was my first one. The only one that compares for me is 08 um, when Hard Knocks was here. Oh, wow. Ironically. And, you know, there was just so much star power on that team and so much – Super Bowl expectations. You had T.O. running on the beach in the Hard Knocks episode, and it was just—it felt like a Hollywood script, you know. Th- this is, like you said, excitable for a different reason. This just mm-hmm. feels like a fresh start for this whole organization, not just us getting to be back here, but you know, I, I think this is your first camp. Yeah. But for anybody that's been out here, Mickey and I, Chris. And, and obviously members of the organization, this is like a second home for the Dallas Cowboys. It really is. There's a, there's a comfort level coming out here. And when you run into people um, th- these first few days, it's not just players and coaches, but staff members, people we haven't seen that much for a year and a half. There is a – it's almost like a sense of relief for people to see each other a little bit and feel like we've got some semblance of normalcy right now. It, 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 are you feeling that? It's like a homecoming. It is. I, yeah. just, I just ran into one of the guys that – has been working here I swear since we've come he was in the in the in the lunchroom and I just saw him for the first time I I hadn't seen him before and I said oh you're still here he goes yeah and it's good to have you back you know and I had made friends we used to stay over closer to like where you are where the pool Mm -hmm. is and every morning when I'd get up to go work out this guy was out there cleaning the leaves out of the pool and I don't remember his name, but we became friends. Like, <laughs> hey, how you doing this morning, you know? And every year he'd be out there cleaning the pool, right? I haven't seen him this year, but I've seen some of the volunteers um, that were used to being around. They're back. They're, and all these people that you haven't seen in two years, well, you forget their names. Yeah. Uh, but all these people are back, the security people. They're back. 
Uh, and they're also happy to be here volunteering again. And let me yeah. see, that's a capital V, volunteering. Well, and not just that, but staff within the Cowboys that we used to see all the time at the Star, and we don't as no. much anymore. And even when players are happy to see us, that's you know that there's a sense of relief because we make their jobs difficult. Yeah. You know, so I just think I think that is what Jerry was trying to get across when he kind of got emotional a couple days ago at the press conference. I, there is a sense of normalcy right now, and let's enjoy it because you know this pandemic's not over, and hopefully it stays the way it is right that's now. That's like I told you the other day when I showed up on time for the podcast. <laughs> uh, I passed Dak, and I, and I heard him kind of shout out, right? Yeah. And I turned to my left to see who he's yelling at, you know? And then he got up the steps, and he yelled at me again, and he goes, hey, good to see you. And I said, oh, he's talking to me. Right. You know, and, and, right. and, it, and I realized, how long has it been since I've been that close to Dak Prescott to yeah. say hi? Well, we have to go back to December or end of the last season of the – to 2019 season. Yeah, he may have uh, seen us on a video conference call. Yeah, that's it. but not maybe not yeah. that close to him and, and and actually talk or just say hi, you know. And, and and was so different. And it's happened with a lot of people. Like I had a long conversation the other day with Mike McCord, the head of the the, the equipment. Mm-hmm. Hadn't talked to him in year. Sure. You know, and we're used to being around these guys, you know, all the time. And I think the return to normalcy really got came to a peak yesterday whenever the first practice was out on the field and then you kind of got out there and we were making our way to our spot and the the players were already out on the field and guess what fans started filing in yeah yep. and they were all lined up on the fence and they were talking to everybody and they were yelling at players they were singing Ezekiel Elliott happy birthday there were so many different animated things that hasn't been a part not only of of training camp but of football the last couple of years just because of the COVID-19 protocols and stuff but I, I, I do want to talk about the practice and kind of get into that a little bit yesterday Mike McCarthy during his press conference said it was going to be simplified early on he said it was going to be a reinstall of the offense we're going to lay a foundation we'll get to some of the simulated practice stuff pretty quickly However, we want to make sure the foundation is set for some of these young guys and then also maybe some of the changes, especially on defense. But, Mickey, as you were watching practice yesterday, was there anything that stuck out to you overall? Um, I don't know so much about practice, but from his press conference, Mm -hmm. which, you know, how many times have we seen him do that that close, right? Yeah. we got to go back to Dak citing his contract Mm -hmm. uh, and then the draft. The draft, yeah. But from the contract standpoint, we hadn't talked to him in person since January of 2020, right? Yeah. So uh, here's what stuck out to me. The first, I don't know, what do you think, 10, 15 minutes of the press conference was about COVID-19. Mm-hmm. That's what stuck out to me, that there was a huge discussion uh, uh, on that. Uh, and, and, you know, not only did they have to talk about it when they did the camp opening press conference, but then Mike had to continue uh, to sort of address it. And it's, you know, it's a hot topic. I mean, um, especially after what the NFL came down yesterday, right, with, <laughs> um, you know, if, if you're unvaccinated and, and you create a breakout, um, you know, they're going to fine you. Uh, you're going to forfeit games. and There's no more rescheduling. Mm-hmm. And and so to me, that tells you the NFL can't come out and tell players you need to get vaccinated. 
but they can give ramifications if you don't. And the NFLPA has to sign off on that, mm -hmm. and I'm assuming they did. So there's a lot of incentives uh, for these guys to get vaccinated, and, and no more so than when Zeke was asked the question, and he kind of gave the politically correct answer. And then somebody said, yeah, but if you're unvaccinated and you cause a, a, a breakout, <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna, it's going to cost you a check. And all of a sudden, his eyes light up and go, a check? Game checks. A check. Zeke's check in particular. <laughs> right. Which is pretty nice. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that got his attention, and maybe it's got the other players' attention, too. So I, I know you asked about the practice, but that, that's the, the this thing. Is a big, it's well, the biggest first topic two days, of conversation. Yeah, this first two days, really, that's what yeah, stuck out. That's why it's a semblance of normalcy. Yeah. It's not there yet no. because this is still an issue. It's still an issue league-wide. Now, the Cowboys feel good about where they are. Uh, they think Stephen Jones said it, he thinks they're going to hit that 85% that the league wants in terms of vaccinations, but they're not there yet. And so there are some protocols around here as far as practice. Um, you know, it's, it's still OTA mini camp feel. Sure. I mean, they're, they're not in pads and they won't be until next week. Uh, that's just part of the league protocols. I think, uh, or league rules, you got to be day seven, I think to get back in pads. But uh, you know, it, it kind of reminded me of early practices that we've seen in camps before where the defense may be a little bit ahead in terms of uh, making plays on the ball and, and the offense not quite as crisp. And, and look, honestly, there's a lot of new faces on the offense, at least with the first team, that not new signings, but just guys coming back from injury. And I think it'll kind of sort itself out as we go here. But, you know, we got to tap the brakes a little bit on evaluations early because mm -hmm. we're, we're not seeing anything really different uh, in terms of, padded work and that type of stuff but Mike McCarthy did speak to it there's gonna be some more competitive stuff early because they feel good about the installations they did in the spring to where now they can just kind of review it and then get after it with some situational work and some competitive stuff which is fun and yeah and and then you know one of the things they were still um offensively for a lot of the team drills and, and even the seven on seven they were still doing their scramble thing where yeah. they weren't running a play that was called. It was like, okay, here's the formation, and then Dak starts spinning around and, uh, you know, trying to scramble and throw on the run. So there was a lot of that going on still, and, and he showing that, you know, I'm fine. I can run. I can plant. Mm -hmm. I can stop and start. Uh, I can throw deep. Uh, you know, and I – I heard somebody go, yeah, typical Dak Prescott. He won very good. And it's like, okay, <laughs> seriously, this is the first time they did team since he had his foot going the wrong way. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he did none of that in the right? spring. And, and, I mean, it was all seven on seven, on seven or against air. Or mm -hmm. Even when they had 11, it was 11 on seven. And there was no, no line, no <laughs> rush. There was no uh, – congestion around him so yeah you know, it's like give me a break and the other thing is when you're in practices like this you're gonna throw the ball you're not gonna take a sack or you're not gonna just throw it away right you're gonna try to drill one in and it might get intercepted but big deal it's the way you do you're it. trying to find out where your margin of error is and and, and it's like the comeback one that um uh, digs picked off right away mm -hmm. 
it's like, okay, in the game, he's not throwing that pass, and he, he just tried to drill it in there. He has said that for five years, mm-hmm. that in training camp, I'm going to take chances. I'm going to test my limits. I'm also going to show my guys I'm willing to throw it up to you and try to let you make a play on the ball. But in games, he's going to be uh, more cautious in terms of, of not making mistakes. So that's a good point by Mick. I remember, I remember one training camp, and somebody – was like, and I don't know, I don't remember who it was or what affiliation it was, but they were new to training camp. And so the offense was practicing against the scout team. Mm-hmm. Or, no, the defense was practicing against the offensive scout team. Okay? <laughs> and, and, I, and, and the next day, the next morning, it was, you know, who's hot and who's not? Well, who's not was the scout team quarterback because he got picked off five times. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, you're supposed to throw the ball so <laughs> yeah. the defense could succeed, right? Sure. And and it's like, oh, come on, let's not go through this. Uh, so yeah, but you know, even those guys, they're gonna they're gonna gun it in there and see what they can do. So it's really hard to judge, especially the first practice, right? Um, and and the defense should be playing well, mm-hmm. and you know, and and who you know caught your eye again, you know, because he's caught everybody's eye and. It, Perk their Mr. ears Deshaun, up. Right. Yeah. Again, he's always making a play on the ball. It he seems is. like one or two every practice. Yeah. So. Three in the span of six plays yesterday. I charted yeah. down. He's, uh, you know, he's he's turning some heads. And he can close so quickly because of his length. Yes. You know, he can get up on even if he's beat on a play. He's got the the arm length to close and make a play on the ball, and he did it two straight plays earlier in the practice. Man, if I, I mean, had arms like that, I'd have been great in tennis. <laughs> I Unfortunately, cover, I cover the net. Wimbledon. <laughs> oh gosh, Nikki's going to win. Win Wimbledon uh, with long arms. The one thing you're looking at in these practices isn't like you said. It isn't the stats. It isn't the charts. It isn't incompletions, completions, and whatnot. Whatever it may be, you're looking for footwork. You're looking for positions. You're looking for speed at the same time. And I think Nashawn Wright. That was what was intriguing about yesterday. Not only was he getting a hand on the football on multiple occasions. But his footwork was good. His closing speed was there. And then the change of direction was honestly there, too, that I thought was pretty impressive overall. Before we do take our first break, wanted to give a quick update for those who did not see it on we're, the— We're breaking already? Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I missed Unfortunately. five minutes or so. <laughs> uh, the quick update on the PUP list, the physically unable to perform list. Uh, Amari Cooper, Demarcus Lawrence, Tristan Hill, Mitch Hyatt, Greg Zerline, a couple of those names on there. Uh, T.J. Vasher not on the PUP list. He's on a different list T- at the moment. Tristan Hill. Tristan, uh, yes, yeah, Tristan Hill on there. Um, anybody that sticks out there that has any concern for you guys going into camp? I don't know if it's concern. I think the surprise was I don't think we knew Greg Zerline had back surgery. Had any issue. Yeah, mm-hmm. Cause, but, you know, he wasn't there for the OTAs, and he wasn't there for minicamp, and I, I remember asking somebody about – are the, are are the kickers like working inside when we're outside? Yeah. And it was like, yeah, I think that's what they're doing. And it's like, well, because I haven't seen Zerline, and somebody goes, well, he's a veteran; he didn't need to be out here. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, he wasn't perfect. Uh, so then, then, you know, you hate to hear your kicker had back surgery, but if he had it like after the season in January. And, it's, and I'm assuming the worst, right? I don't know that it was a disc, but I'm assuming when it's a back, it usually is. Uh, that's a three-month recovery. So he, they're probably out of an abundance of caution 
with him and all yeah. the rest of the guys the same thing. Uh, yeah, with Zerline, I don't think it's anything long term. And they, you know, Mike said that about all the guys yep. that are coming off these lists. Now, Demarcus Lawrence has a back too. Did did the back surgery in the spring apparently? Cleanup procedure. I don't know what a cleanup procedure means necessarily with the back, and it's his third procedure, I believe, of his career. Um, but they they say they're not concerned about it. So. We'll see. He's in great hands with the athletic training staff, but uh, the sooner he could get back out there, obviously, the better for this team. I'm assuming he had it while before we saw him doing his rehab stuff at yeah. the OTAs and minicamp. He's out there And if moving. that's the case, he, he, he was running pretty good yeah. during that. Yeah. That's why I didn't think it was a, he had any leg issue or anything. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a three-month recovery. And, you know, I can take you back to – the summer of 93 when Troy Aikman had his disc surgery, uh, microdiscectomy, and he had it middle of June. And by the third, second or third preseason game, he's diving headfirst into the end zone for a touchdown. <laughs> and it's like, seriously? Can't be doing that. And, and they told him, you know, you don't need to run. And, and he did that. Jimmy, you're out. That's it. Sit out. <laughs> Take his helmet away. That's a good way to, to put it. And I think Mike McCarthy said it in his press conference, but Tristan Hill probably the furthest from being ready is one of the one things that he said. You know what? I, I, I had a little bit of perspective on that, mm-hmm. that if, if they needed him to be out there, he would be out there. But they're kind of so s- slow playing it because there might be somewhat of a log jam at that defensive, defensive tackle. tackle position. I agree completely. Right? Mm-hmm. And especially if Bohanna proves that he can do something, right? Uh, and, and, and so I don't know. It, it may have something to do with, yeah, let's watch his back, but we put him on pup, and if we do get a log jam there, then you can leave him on pup, right? And and, and you would buy, what, is it eight eight more weeks? At least well, six. Yeah, six minimum. Six minimum, yeah. right? Yeah. It, and then – you, 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 if something happens in the defensive line ahead of then him, then I oh I've got him got in my Hills, back pocket. Right? And you don't have to take up a roster spot right. in order to exactly. do so. Yeah, so I think there might sense. be some of that uh, talk in there. The other for thing, him. Too, yeah, the other thing too is he's three hundred pounds, and what we've heard about the you know coming off ACLs, if you're if you're heavier player, it can take a little bit longer than maybe a Blake Jarwin who's at two forty five, two fifty. So I think that's part of it too. They just want to get him in the right place, and and again, yeah, the numbers. Mike referenced it at the press conference. D-tackle is one. They've got to figure out who's going to make this team, who's going to play. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, they needed to upgrade that position in the interior big time, and they've got some numbers they like. Yeah, keep that thought. you got to hit it. Uh, yeah, I was going to hit the break real quick, and then we'll hit some. Uh, Let's come back to that defensive tackle spot. Okay, we can do that. Uh, we're going to actually, yeah, we'll push fans to the on the 50 on the, uh, the, the final segment. We'll come back and talk some defensive tackle when we return here on Talking Cowboys presented by Geico. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. 
you deserve decadent flavor without sugar and a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere and a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. There's nothing as unique as our eyes. Which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision. Essential blue for protection. And Grisol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Back to Talking Cowboys. Whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you can see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more. Do more. Essilor on Talking Cowboys. No Isaiah this week to... Do our, uh, <laughs> do our little Essilor lenses. I'm wearing mine at the moment. Rob's got an appointment to get his when we get back. Right what about me? Back. I know. You're back on Talking Cowboys, so we need to get you some Essilor You want lenses. some Essilors? I mean, some Essilors. We, we make it happen. We'll be able to make that make that work. But, uh, yeah, we've got uh, <laughs> we've got Mickey Spagnola, Rob Phillips, and uh, Isaiah Stanback and Heckma Harrison, a part of the coverage back at the Star. They'll join us, of course, again whenever we return back to Frisco, but Talking Cowboys back for the 2021 season. And before we headed to break, Mickey, you wanted to talk a little bit more about defensive tackle. Yeah, we were talking about defensive tackle. Rob brought it up that uh, McCartney, McCarthy said there's going to be some competition there. Well, yeah, because coming to training camp, I'm sitting there going, well, I don't know who the starters are. Well, the first two guys to go out, I believe it was uh, Neville Gallimore mm-hmm. and uh, Carlos, Carlos Watt. Watt Watkins, Watkins, yep. Watson. I keep want to call him Watson, um, and and so he played with Deshaun Watson in college. <laughs> yeah, and and, that, and on the Texans too. There you go. And that that was kind of okay. That's what they're thinking, I guess. Now it's a matter of okay. Let's see. Let's see what uh, Brent Urban can do. Let's see what OC Osa Osa Odigizua can do. Um, and 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 there's and then you got Bohanna in there, right? So that's going to be some serious competition. And I think that, to me, that position there kind of highlights everything on defense because I think there's going to be a lot of competition for all but maybe two or three starting spots. To, to me, Lawrence is a starter. Gregory's a starter. Diggs is a starter. Okay. Okay, now the other corner, they got Anthony Brown there, but he's going to have to play well uh, to keep that spot. And then – the safeties, I think it's open. I, I I don't you know I don't I don't think anything's grandfathered in to anybody. And same at linebacker. Now they they're going out there, um, you know when they're just two linebackers with Van Der Esch and and Jalen Smith. But 
How about this? I think I saw an alignment out there with three linebackers at the same time. There were a bunch of different snaps with that. Right? And I saw they rotated Micah Parsons playing all three, I think. Mm-hmm. He was at least playing the strong side because he was out there covering in man on the tight end. Uh, the majority the majority of Parsons' snaps came off the edge. He did play some at the mic. He did play some at the will. I think he played more at the will than he did at the mic. Well, and, and he was, was playing. Smith playing when you saw him two. on the edge, though, he was the, there was three linebackers. Exactly. And and he was either covering or they, they, they blitzed him uh, from the strong side. So his versatility, uh, I think, creates huge competition at that linebacker spot. And let's not forget Jabril Cox either, by the way. Uh, so between those four guys and then Keanu Neal, five. Who had a forced fumble yesterday. Right. Yes, he did. Yeah. On uh, Michael Gallup. Yep. So, But yeah. I th- Mick, I think his versatility is a good thing in terms of maybe opening up snaps for everybody. No, because no. Because you can, you can – he's a, he's a Swiss Army knife <clears> that you can move around different spots. You guys are right. He plays everywhere. I was watching the one-on-ones. It wasn't <clears> one-on-ones. It was – pass rush drills before they got in teamwork mm-hmm. with the offensive lineman, defensive lineman. He's on the edge rushing. He has this sick inside move. It's great. On, I forget which tackle it was, for a would-be sack. And then he's then you watch him in team drills, and he's dropping, covering tight ends and running backs. He can do a lot of different things. They're putting a lot on his plate, but he can do a lot of different would things. You, be, you wouldn't be surprised if he was out there on special teams, would you? I would not. In coverage? No. Nothing would surprise me. I think they, you know, you know, my my job for him I want him to be the personal protector on the punt team because <laughs> okay. I want to see him snap him the ball <laughs> and I want to see him run with the ball one thing you said that you I, I might disagree with you on the number of starters that I think are kind of set in my mind anyway on defense I think Neville Gallimore is a starter this year at defensive Ooh, tackle I I don't know if that's a lock though I don't know if it's a lock but, but I, think, I think that's what Mick I think is saying. he's good enough to earn it yeah, but he's going to have to earn he's it. He's got to earn it, but I I think they view him as as a maybe a you know cornerstone hopefully going forward on defense. I could see that um, if he can keep up what he did last year. I to me I think Leighton Vander Esch, health willing, is going to be a starter at linebacker. I think he is. Uh, th- I think the scheme change and going back to probably the will will help him. Mm-hmm. Just kind of what he's used to doing. Um, and it's going to be yeah, but it's going to be interesting with the linebacker spots how they figure that out, how Jalen Smith fits in, how Micah he's going to play a lot, but how Micah Parsons fits in, and, and Neil's going to play too. He he's there, he's at linebacker for a reason for with, for Dan Quinn. What about Donovan Wilson? Why is he not being conversed or said as a lock? I think that's he's a, about as good of a lock as a starter could be at the safety uh, spot. I, I think we one. have to see it now coming into training camp. Remember, he didn't do anything. Those no. last few weeks in the off-season workouts, Did right? not participate in OTAs, wasn't right. really a big part of the... He wasn't in minicamp, and so that was the first time we saw him on the field. I thought he looked good. And he did, uh, but I think he's still got to earn it because sure. uh, I, I don't think that, you know, you know, is KZ going to be the free? we we got to see that. Probably. He J-Ron, played a lot of the free yesterday. J. Ron Curse, who I didn't realize was that tall, he's right? He's a big dude. Uh, you know, I'm sure he's not rolling over, especially after he earned some starting yeah. uh, games at, at Minnesota. So I think there's a lot of competition there. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I just think that nobody better have two bad days in a row because they may lose their rotation spot. So, yeah, I think the competition 
is great, and we can go back to where we started, a defensive tackle, yeah, I, it, let's go. I want to see it. What was the biggest problem last year? On Stopping defense. the run. Uh, in, <laughs> in that area, too. Yes. On the interior, you know, allowing linebackers, not giving linebackers enough space to go make plays. They're just second level, just on them right away. That happened way too often in the run game last year. Is that why you think Neville Gallimore is going to be a cornerstone of the defense is because of the, the run defense and what he could do potentially sideline to sideline as compared to what they had in the past with maybe an Antoine Woods and a Tyrone Crawford? Yeah, I just – yeah, it's stopping the run, but I, I think he just – you know, one thing when I talk to players at minicamp about, you know, Dan Quinn's style, he, they said it's up the field, and it kind of reminds you of what people said about Rod Marinelli's scheme. We're going to get up the field, we're going to be disruptive, and it's not just a matter of just holding blocks – uh, and holding up linemen, and, and I think Neville Gallimore has a chance to be an explosive up-the-field rusher to help this defense out. I think he can really develop into that. We'll see. We'll see, but, uh, but he showed flashes of it last year. He did it a little bit last year. He did it a lot during his time in Norman. He did it a lot for Oklahoma, and I think that was where some of the intrigue came with him, where they got him in the third round last year. Yeah, and I think, I think though, his, his biggest problem at Oklahoma – uh, was the fact that they were playing a 3-4. Sure. And he's not a 3-4 defensive end, and that's what they had no, to play. No, he fits this scheme better. He which... fits this being better, play the, the, the three technique in a four-man line where he's not getting double-teamed the whole time, right? And if he is getting double-teamed, then good luck who's <laughs> ever blocking Randy Gregory, right? Yep. Or Demarcus Lawrence or Osa Digizua or whoever ends up being that other starter at defensive tackle. Now – you mentioned Dan Quinn and some of the changes that he's made. Have you guys, of course, you've been around a lot longer than I have, and you've seen the Rod Marinelli days. You've seen other defensive coordinators other than Mike Nolan. But there feels like a, an energy. There feels like a tempo from this defense, even in practices that resemble OTAs and minicamp sort of deals. It still felt like there was an energy there yesterday. Am I wrong in saying that? Uh, no. And – the other word I use for the impression I got of what he's done with this defense is organized. They look mm -hmm. organized. Yes. Everybody seems to understand what they're doing. I think yesterday, and look, I'm not charting every play. I think I saw, I might have been standing next to you, I saw one busted coverage, okay? Last year, that was their biggest problem defensively to me. You know, it's one thing to get beat physically, but to bust coverages the way they did uh, is inexcusable. And I think I only saw one. I think I, I remember it. Yes. Remember Kelvin Joseph yes. looked like everybody yeah. was in man there and was, he was playing zone. There was something wrong on the right side. And of the his field. guy ran wide yeah. open. Yeah. Ride A open. <laughs> Jerry was here, <laughs> right? And and but but they seem organized, and I see him talking and calling out like, "Hey, line up here, line up there." And, and that wasn't happening last year. So good on him, whatever they've done in the offseason. And I know they didn't have an offseason last year, right? Uh, and they tried to install too much defensively, way too much, uh, without any offseason work. Over the computer. Yeah. Uh, and then and then at three weeks and of zoom, camp. And zooming. <laughs> and, and no preseason And games. no preseason, yeah. right? I mean, every team dealt with that, though. Let's point that out. Yeah, but, they yeah. had, but, they, but they all didn't have new defensive coordinators and new defensive line coach and yeah. new linebacker coach, new secondary coaches. I so, think the only one you can argue had a successful year under those circumstances was probably Cleveland. 
right? Yeah, maybe and Washington did. a little bit, but and I don't know struggled. that their entire staff changed. You know, you never know what what happened. You, we see head coaches change, but sure. when the head coaches change, usually the whole staff is changing, and mm-hmm. the majority of the defensive staff changed, right? But those two teams that you just mentioned, the personnel is better. Was better last year than it was here. It just it, are you saying well, are you well, saying Washington's base or are you saying with the injuries that the Cowboys dealt with? Well, I'm both, but I'm I'm talking defensively. I, I think you know if Dan Quinn's going to have a okay. lot of success here, it, he's he's got to have playmakers, and I think they're taking steps to do that. And when they're at full strength, they do have some playmakers on this defense. Um, but yeah, Mickey's right. It's it, to me, and I've said this on our show all off season. Yeah, it's a, it's about the communication and getting guys to trust the scheme. And when you trust the scheme, you play fast. That's what uh, Joe Thomas, who's not here anymore, he's in, in Houston, Houston, but he said that midseason last year, and it really stuck with me. That was the biggest problem. Guys started to kind of settle in by November, December, and it was too late, you know, at that point. But, but I think Dan Quinn's communication, his former players talk about it. DeMonte Kazik had a great story yesterday about – when he did you hear that story, Mick? When he first started in Atlanta playing for Dan Quinn, he had been a corner his whole life. Yes, yes. So they move him to safety, where you've got to be the quarterback of the defense. You got to talk. You got to communicate. You got to get people lined up. He was hesitant to do that because usually at the corner, hey, you line up against your guy and you your play, island. play your man. You play your island. Re- yeah, Revis Island, right? <laughs> but Rob P Island. There but, we go. Yeah, there we go. That's the best. Shout island. out to Heck and Isaiah. But. Um, <laughs> To get him to communicate more, Dan Quinn mic'd him up, hard knock style, every practice, and they would go into his office after practice and listen to what he said and how he communicated in practice, and it helped him communicate better as a safety. I mean, that is, that's coaching. That's nice. teaching. Hands-on approach. That's, and I wanna, that's impressive. I want to know where Dan Quinn was when I started college to teach me how to take notes. <laughs> Tell that story. Right. He he's, he's he 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 did spends ten minutes of their team meeting defensively, explaining to them how to t- how to take notes. Like you can't write down everything I say because you can't keep up. So you got to learn to pick out the important things and write them down. And I guarantee you, my first my first class in college was a five hundred person lecture on American history, mm-hmm. and. I didn't take notes in high school. You didn't take notes in high school, did Chicago you? Heights, right? Shout out. We didn't. We didn't take notes in high school. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting there trying to write all this stuff down. And then I'm, you know, it took me a year in classes like that to realize, okay, you got to read the stuff, remember what he, the hi- highlights of what he told you, and then go back and look at it again. And 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 then. When I got into this business, and you know, no one was using tape recorders back then. Um, yeah, we had teletype too, by the way. I don't know uh, what that is. Um, you you learn to listen to what the person was saying and kind of write down, and you learned your own little shorthand on 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 words. Like if somebody said something about through, well, through means T H. Are you? You don't need the O U G H, you know, uh, and and but you learned how to take notes, and and that's what he was trying to explain to these guys. I thought that was uh, pretty interesting. Just watching him, and again, we'll see how this. And you know what? Functions. One other thing, he yeah. used to be a teacher. 
I think he started he? off in high school. Well, maybe that's where it comes. And from. and he he was a teacher. But that's what these guys are, right? Sure. I don't care. Coaches or teachers. If you're co- coaching, you're teaching, right? And and I think he he started off in high school. I think I read and he was actually had classes, not just PE. That's interesting. Well, we'll see how it again. We will see how it all comes together on the field. It's got to come yeah. together on the field. But you watch Dan Quinn on the field in between series before drills. He is right in the middle of it talking to guys. And I'll just say, look, Mike Nolan has had a great career coaching, but he was more detached. He was. He was on uh, the other side, side of the field, had with a, a walkie-talkie. With walkie-talkie and, and, you know, I, he wasn't as hands-on as Dan Quinn. I think given the situation they were in last year with the restrictions and the lack of time on the field, they probably needed a more hands-on defensive coordinator with the new scheme. That's what Dan Quinn does. But, I, see, he, he, what, what I think Mike's mistake was – he 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 made his bones in the NFL before he became uh, a coordinator mm-hmm. and a head coach as a linebacker coach. Sure. So I thought he would spend all his time with the linebackers. That was and not he, the case. And he didn't. No. You know, he had. Uh, is it Scott McCurley? Mm-hmm. Scott, Scott right? McCurley yep. and, and George and, Edwards. And George Edwards. He delegated. And and but but Mike did the kind of walk around thing. Yeah. Well. Dan Quinn ain't walking around. No, he's, he's with everywhere. the defensive line, right? He's the defensive line coach, basically. And and that's kind of what Marin, how Marinelli did it, right? Yes. Marinelli was the coordinator, but he was the defensive line coach. And and so I think I think I like Quinn's approach. I like the fact that George Edwards is looks like he's taken over the linebacker spot. They bring in Joe Witt Jr. to help with the secondary. Um, and that's a lot of experience, right? Because last year, I'm going to forget the guy's name. He ended up getting the head coaching job at Buffalo. The guy, oh, the, oh, the, the, the uh, new Maurice second, Linguist. Yeah, and, and yeah. that was the first time he had coached in the NFL yeah. too. So you had a lot of inexperience mm-hmm. uh, helping out McCarthy. And hey, hey, look, when when you get named the head coach, you don't have carte blanche treatment to hire whoever you no. want. They got to be available. Yeah. Right. And, and so uh, I think, you know, it takes time. And, and Jason Garrett can tell you this. You know, he inherited a staff basically when he became head coach, but it takes time to get the guys you really want sure. on your staff. Because you they got to be available. available you got to right? be able to bring them in, and exactly. they've got to be interested in what you're selling them. That's a great point. And I think it is refreshing as to what we've seen with Dan Quinn over the first couple days of Cowboys training camp. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up. We're going to answer a couple very quick, very quick questions fan questions with fans on the 50 when we return here on Talking Cowboys. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. Before you can park yourself in front of the game, park yourself in a John Deere and power through your chores. Our Land Run package is a 1025R, 25 horsepower tractor with a loader, rotary cutter, and a box blade for $229 a month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. So don't miss another kickoff. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. 
Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. Don't miss your chance to see the Cowboys at AT&T Stadium this season. A limited number of single game standing room only tickets are on sale. Now get yours today at DallasCowboys.com slash tickets. A chance to see the Cowboys that are out here in Oxnard. And, of course, every practice at Oxnard open to the public and free admission. So there were tons of fans out there. It was really energetic. It was a lot of fun. And I'm sure tomorrow's going to be nuts because it's a Saturday. People are off, and they're going to be able to make trips. And it's going to be Opening ceremony. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's another big thing. Saturday. I think it's tomorrow. Usually it is. Saturday. I think it is tomorrow. We'll double check So that'll bring in more people. There's going to be a lot of people tomorrow. Because this is – I'm not going to say that. I don't have the schedule. Because usually they don't get that many practices on the – Always on the weekend, but I think it might have got planned out a little bit better this yeah, year. Yeah, it definitely did. There's to, more. There's to more to have da- sat- Saturday, Sunday yeah, practices. There's more days off this year in camp just because of the league rules, and and so they got to maximize the practices. They, I think it's twelve or thirteen practices out here. That's it. Yeah. So, so but, but but camp doesn't end when they. No, leave. you're no, right. No, that no, Jason no, Garrett no. taught us that because you <laughs> got another what two weeks back home. Yes, right? you yes. do. Or yes, three weeks do. before you actually open the season. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be plenty more of camp to come whenever we do break camp here in Oxnard. But it was funny. I was writing this rundown last night, which, by the way, we have not hit on anything in the rundown, but that's fun. Uh, Save it for Sunday. It's okay. You, yeah, you I could use you, it for Sunday. Thank, thanks to me, I'm yeah, sure. It's okay, Mickey. I, I, we, we like having you back. So I wrote fans on the 50, and I was like, there's no way we're going to hit it at 50. We're going to hit this at 20. It's fine, whatever. But I don't want to call it Twitter on the 20 because that's, of course, what uh, – the, the draft show does, but we're actually starting this on the 50. I've got a question from Stingray. Any concerns the over 50. the loss of leadership following the retirements of Sean Lee and Tyrone Crawford? Rob, we'll start with you. Uh, yes, to some extent, yes. Anytime you lose both guys, I, I think Tyrone Crawford's leadership, people don't really know as much about what he brought to the locker room um, and kind of a mentor for Demarcus Lawrence early in his career. As much as Sean Lee, because we hear about Sean Lee's leadership All throughout, throughout his career. Yeah, I do think there's a void there. Um, but I think it can be filled. I think there's guys that with their work ethic, um, you know, Leighton Vander Esch comes to mind, and there's, there's young guys coming up. I think Demarcus Lawrence has that too in terms of just kind of his spirit on the field. There's guys that can fill that void. Mike McCarthy talked about that, Mick, at the press conference, that you don't have to be a veteran too. You can be a rookie. I think Michael Parsons' approach to the game – can rub off on people, um, even in his first year at 22 years old. So I think there's guys who can step in. Leighton Vanderush was on his way to doing that last year, and then things got derailed. First, there was no offseason. Mm-hmm. 
and 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 so when he got to training camp, he was much more vocal. Uh, I thought he was much more opinionated in his in his press conferences, right? And so and and they put him in the middle. So great, you're the middle linebacker. You're going to be more <laughs> vocal, right? And was it one quarter into the season and he breaks his collarbone? Yeah. So now you're out four weeks, and by time you get your sea legs back underneath you when you come back, it's basically you were out six weeks. And, and so it, it kind of derailed him taking charge. When you're out, even for Sean Lee when he was out, it was hard for him to speak up a lot. Uh, and then he gets hurt at the end of the year. Uh, so I think you're right uh, on Vander Esch. Uh, I like the sound of a couple of the guys they've brought in. That played for Dan Quinn. That played yeah. for yeah. Dan Quinn. Yeah. And I was very impressed with uh, DeMonte KZ yes. yesterday. Uh, he looks like, you know, he reminded me of, kind of looks like him too, Aaron Glenn, when Aaron Glenn was hmm. here. And Aaron Glenn was a veteran guy. It, w- it, w- it was a really good leader uh, in that secondary. Uh, and I think Keanu Neal probably could uh, fill in that void also. So it's Just good pros. to have some veteran guys in there uh, to help out with missing those two guys. You know, you, you, it's yeah. hard to replace Sean Lee. John Lee They're irreplaceable. basically was the linebacker coach last year. Yeah. And and so you, you, you miss him. Uh, I like the fact that George Edwards is, is running the linebackers because that's his deal. That's how he made his bones in the NFL, Going back coaching to linebackers, and that's how he became a defensive coordinator. Yeah, playing okay. linebacker here. I've got, I've got two more questions. These are going to be rapid fire. I'm going to start with Big J's question. He said, if you had to pick one player on defense to make the Pro Bowl this year, who would it be and why? Mickey. Micah Parsons. Ooh, that's a bold statement. I'm okay with that. Rob? Aside from Demarcus Lawrence, who I think he's done it, he's, sure. he's a star uh, when he's healthy, um, I think Leighton Van Der Esch can have a big year this year. Wow. I, th- I think he's got – he says he doesn't have a chip on his shoulder with the contract and all that, but – Oh, he definitely does. He's got a chip on his shoulder all the time. Do it kind of reminds me of Sean Lee. Do honestly. we forget – his rookie year, he was a Pro Bowl. Yes. Yep. yes. Right? Yes. And in the first Pro Bowl linebacker, rookie linebacker for like forever? Yeah. So, yeah, good good pick. But, you know, it, it's it's not, you know, he's had some bad luck. I agree with him. You know, you you break your collarbone, you step on somebody's foot and you twist your ankle. I don't think it's all oh, he's just injury prone, but he's got to be able to stay on the field to get comfortable. I, I think when he was on the field last year, he didn't seem as comfortable with mm-hmm. his role. Well, he changed and, role. He yeah, changed and, and I think the production showed it. I think if he can just stay on the field, I think Dan Quinn's going to put him in good spots to be successful. You got a guy? Uh, yeah, I was going to say Trayvon Diggs. Okay. Kind of change it up a little bit. I agree. Demarcus Lawrence is there. I love the pick on Leighton Vander Esch because I do think he will have a bounce back year. Uh, but I'll I'm going to say Trayvon. And I'll tell you one guy don't go to sleep on, Randy Gregory. Yeah, I agree. I agree I completely. He, he can – he just looks I know. spectacular <laughs> out. I know the pads haven't yeah, come on. Yeah, you've got to watch that. But, yeah. but just watch his pass rush. His bend. He does He's look got real. I'll bend. guarantee you if they're in some pass rush drills and they're in a line and he's up first and tied Maseki's next, he'll go – 
Yeah, you know, my knee a little bit. <laughs> I, I, I'll, you get, know I'll get the next one. I'm going to get over here, 36 yeah, years old. The helmet. Yeah, about gonna, to be 37. I'm going to get the next one. Yeah. Um, final question. I do like that, though. Man, the thought of Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence is exciting. Hard to tell early, and this is from Chris, by the way. Not Chris Beam, even though he's doing great work. Chris, Chris would like to ask questions. He, he could ask questions if he wanted to. Hard to tell early, but with so much emphasis on length and speed in the offseason – was there a, a noticeable difference there whenever we watched practice yesterday? I think it's too too, too, too early, early to tell. tell on that, except for the long arms of Nashawn Wright. Oh yeah, yeah. Length kind of helps him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got some speed to him too. But he I does. don't know who else they added that has length like that. Osa. Well, in the interior D line, on the pup list and Chauncey's too. out. So Brent Urban does pretty much everybody they sign. And Brent Urban is for. a large human being. He is yes. huge, six foot seven, three hundred pounds. He is a large human being. And but that doesn't you, that doesn't show up until the inside. Pads come on. Yeah, yeah. Right? We, we got to wait on that. Yeah. I think. And, and then okay. and then just the size of Bohanna. Yeah, he's pretty big and, too. And he and he moves. He doesn't move like guy that's six four, three thirty. Um, so. I'm be interested to see that. Yeah. As a matter of fact, that's Nate Newton's pet cat. Okay. He wants to see more of Bohanna. As a matter of fact, he wants him to force <laughs> the coaches force him in there to give him snaps because mm. he thinks that big body would create havoc in the middle. One other name, not length but speed. Kelvin Joseph is a guy we didn't really see much in the offseason, and he made a play on the ball against, I think it was Noah Brown. It was Noah Brown. And I just think it's just a gut feeling that I don't know if he's going to be a starter week one, but I do think his talent is going to show up out here. And I do think he's going to play. And maybe he is a walk-in starter. But even if he's not, I think we kind of forgot about him because he wasn't on the right. field that much. And we saw Nashawn Wright make all these plays. Um, he, he, there's a reason he was drafted in the second round. And speed and ball skills are, are the big reason why. He may be one of those guys that maybe week five – and all of a sudden, he shows up. Yes, right? and he 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 may to give him some opportunities to earn his spot. Uh, it kind of reminds me when uh, Kevin Smith came in as a first round pick cornerback, and it was ninety one, ninety two, and Ike Holt was the starter, and Pup didn't start until about eight ten games into the season. But once he got got out there. Yeah. Look out! He yeah. he he's taking on Jerry. He's baiting Jerry Rice. It's like youngin, mind yourself, right? <laughs> yeah. But he wouldn't back off, you know. And and but sometimes from a cornerback standpoint, it takes a while to make that. You know, poor poor Trayvon Diggs. You know, day one starter, you're out there, buddy. We got injuries. It's tough. We got no choice, right? It's tough. And we saw the growing pains. Um, and I'll be interested to see after those growing pains. How much better he is after an off-season, yeah. off-season workout, mm -hmm. uh, and he played, made some plays against Michael Gallup yesterday. Again, it's it's not pads and all that stuff, but remember the top four corners all missed at least one game last year. So they need Kelvin Joseph to be ready. They need Nashawn Wright to be ready. Yeah. It's possible both guys get starts this year, depending on how injuries work out. So and you've got to have at least really four corners that you feel good about in this league. Awuzie anyway. missed half the season. Yeah. Yep. Um 
Diggs missed Diggs games. Diggs missed like mm-hmm. four, I think, games. Brown Anthony missed, Brown like missed six games six or games. something like that. Jordan yeah. Lewis missed the opener. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So it, they, having all those guys back and, and uh, at least depth, I think that's what I'm most excited about is the fact that there is some depth. Not only – in the cornerback room, but also defensive line. We just named seven different defensive tackles and defensive ends that could right. make an impact this year. And, and they I, probably all can't like. make the team, right? No. Right. There's going to be some odd men out. And I can't remember if I mentioned this. In the in the press conference, Jerry mentioned that their top 10 or maybe it's Steven, 10 or 11 players paid. Mm-hmm. You know, they they got to get production from them. And, and last year we had a lot of injuries. So I went back and looked. Out of, out of the top salaries right now, uh, the top 11, if I look back to last year, eight of those guys missed 75 games. Eight of wow. them. 75 games from your top paid players. That's bad. And we can start with Dak, <laughs> that's, that's right? That's really bad. You, you got no games out of Lyle Collins. You got two games out of Tyron Smith. Mm-hmm. You got one game out of Blake Jarwin, who I think was the eleventh. He was the eleventh highest paid player. Yeah, he didn't even right. finish. Yeah, you it, could right? even count it. You know, you lost games from Van Der Esch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you lost six games from Zach Martin. Dax, uh, Dax games. You, you, you eleven missed uh, a game from Zeke. Zeke had one game he missed. So, and if you take Zeke out, then it's seven guys missing seventy-four games. My gosh, it's an easy road to six and ten that way, right? Yeah, that's a lot yeah. of money you spent for IR. Can't make a ton of excuses, but that's one that it's blatant. I mean, that is a fact. That's not an excuse. That's a fact. Whenever you have your top eleven players missing that much time, it's going to affect you. But that's going to do it for us here on Talking Cowboys. Plenty more to come. Mick, glad to have you back. When are we on the doing show. this again? Sunday. Okay. Yeah, you want to mark it down? Same time and yeah, place? Yeah, 9 a.m. right here on set Sunday. Set your alarm on your phone right yep. now. Let's just, and, we, and we start at 9, <laughs> just so we, we all <laughs> we'll, I'll get that underway. It's 11 o'clock Central Time back in Texas. We'll be back on Sunday. But until then, for Rob Phillips, Mickey Spagnola, I'm Kyle Yeomans. That's it for Talking Cowboys presented by Geico. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys? Yeah!